Savior, Jesus Christ. Before we get to the really good news, I want to know how everyone is doing. I mean, it's not easy being cooped up in the house for so long. This coronavirus is wreaking havoc on all of our lives. Our world has been turned upside down. And we don't know what the future holds. Now, it's true there are a lot of inconvenience with the whole social distancing measures that have been imposed upon us, and we're, we are rightly practicing for the welfare of ourselves and for others. For example, I find it very weird preaching to an empty church. I find it very weird singing an Easter song pretty well solo, So how do we deal with all these changes in our lives? Well, a lot of people are using humor. So I'm just going to share with you a couple of funnies that have been passed on to me in the past month. I'll read them because you might find it hard to see them. Someone asked if we could uninstall 2020 and reinstall it because this version has a virus Here's another good quote. Honestly, hadn't planned on giving up quite this much for Lent. Here's another one. Day 17 without NHL hockey. Found a woman sitting on my couch. Says she's my wife. She seems nice. Spending so much time together as a husband and wife can actually put a little strain on the marriage. Quarantined with her husband for two weeks, Gertrude is knitting her husband something special. It's a noose. Someone said, Coronavirus has turned us all into dogs. We roam the house all day looking for food. We're told no if we get too close to strangers. And we get really excited about car rides. Someone young said, in an unsettling reversal of my teenage years, I'm now yelling at my parents for going out. Someone else suggested if 2020 looks like a slide, it would look like this. Ouch. Our grandparents fought in World War II. We are being asked to sit on a couch. We can do this. And if and when this self-quarantine time is over, apparently we're going to have other issues to deal with, such as weight gain. Now, I get it that a lot of people like to use humor to get through some tough circumstances in life. Humor is a wonderful gift, and it works great to put a momentary smile on our face as we deal with the disruptions to our lives. But here's the truth. When I go to bed at night and social media posts are muted and quiet and they've stopped and my head hits the pillow and I start to think and pray about how this coronavirus has really affected my life, 
And yes, I apologize that I go again thinking about myself first. I catch myself grieving and yearning for the good old days when I could see my family face to face, when I could hug my grandchildren. Haven't done that in a month. When I could kiss my wife, she can't get any germs because she works with patients whose immune systems are weak. Everything I have ever known about church and ministry is different now. I have preached and taught that the best way to deal with hardship is being together. God didn't stay up in heaven to care for us and he came down. He came down to be with us and to be one of us. The church is always gathered together in good times, like Easter Sunday, and in bad times, when the world seems bleak. We gather for births. We gather for deaths. Baptisms, confirmations, for study, Christian education, for mission trips, for service to those in need. And we gather together for prayer. We have many traditions that we can't practice because of social distancing. Hugs and handshakes abound in the Christian community. No one can do that from six feet away. Soon my thoughts and prayers move to those who are really isolated. My heart grieves for members who I visit who are in the hospitals or the nursing homes or the care homes or the 55-plus complexes and how isolated they must be. They can't be visited now. How lonely they must feel. And my thoughts then move to all the widows and widowers who have lost a spouse and would just love it if they could spend this self-isolation time with them. And then my prayers move to all those who are losing their jobs and under incredible financial restraints, to small business owners, and then to the teenagers who can't be with their friends when friends are so important to be with, and to all the families with children and all the teachers who have to learn lots of new technology and teach them with no real clear expectations from either side. And then I pray for the frontline care, health care workers and the essential service workers who have to go to work with a little bit more fear and trepidation and apprehension, wondering if someone is going to inadvertently give them the virus. And then I pray for the world leaders and I pray for a vaccine And I think about all those people who are very, very sick from the virus and all those people who are dying in those hot spots throughout the world and all those people who are losing loved ones. My heart grieves for them. Did they know Jesus, their Savior? Did they know that God was with them? 
Did they know that their sins were forgiven when Jesus died on the cross for them? And did they know, did they know that he rose from the dead and he conquered death so that they could live in heaven virus-free forever? Did they have faith? Were they prepared to die? So humor can help us feel good for a moment, but I need to feel good about the future. In a world that has been turned upside down, I need some really good news, some really good and reliable news. And that is what I absolutely love about God's word. It is so timely for us. It is so comforting, and I'm privileged to share it with you today. So let me tell you briefly about another group of people who were worried about their future. Another group of people whose world was turned upside down. Another group of people who were self-isolating. John chapter 20, verse 19 to 23. On the evening of the last day of the week, of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they had seen the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. So, whatever you might be feeling, the uneasiness about the future, the dread of getting the disease, or even if you're not sure if you're going to be able to cope in the next few months, I've got good news for you. Jesus calms our fears and our anxieties. Notice that the disciples were behind locked doors. They were afraid. Why were they scared? Because they had arrested Jesus and maybe they would get arrested too and they put Jesus to death and maybe they'd put them to death too because a rumor went out that they had stolen the body of Jesus. That's a federal offense. There's a bounty on them. Their world has been turned upside down. They're probably pacing back and forth, wondering what is going to happen next. They had been following this amazing man named Jesus Christ. And with every moment they spent with him for the past three years, it was like heaven on earth. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He gave sight to the blind. He fed 5,000. He cast out demons. He calmed the storms. He forgave people their sins. And he taught about life in his kingdom. And now he was gone. 
and they were afraid. And Jesus came to them through locked doors and he gave them three things. And here is the very good news for you. Jesus showed up and look at the disciples' reaction. They were glad. Awesome! It's Jesus. Jesus is with us. He has risen from the dead. They were overjoyed when they saw Jesus. And let me ask you, do you believe that Jesus has risen from the dead? Do you believe that Jesus is with you? He is. And just like the first disciples, he gives you what you so desperately need. He gives you these three things. And I want you to know that Jesus understands your fears and your anxieties, and he gives you what you need. Peace, number one. The word here is shalom. It means well-being in spite of circumstances. Everything is the way God intended. God has made things okay. He is in control. The rule and reign of God has shown up. Here's what you need to know. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. There is no peace with God apart from Jesus Christ. There is no peace until you have peace with God. Jesus comes, he forgives sins, he takes away that which separates us from God. Now God is not angry with us. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Once you have peace from God, you have peace of God. And the peace of God starts to work its way through your entire life. John 14, 27 said, Jesus said, Peace, I leave you. My peace, I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. The point is, you can't go to Costco and get peace. You can't get a prescription and get peace. You can't just ignore your troubles or run away from them and get peace. You can't pour another drink and get peace. You can only get lasting peace from the Prince of Peace. Jesus Christ comes to his followers and count yourself one of them. And he says, peace be with you. And he also gives you purpose. He says, as the Father, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Through all the anxiety that you are facing in these troubled days, you don't know what the future holds. You wonder what you should or should not be doing with your life. Decisions you're finding are hard. So many unknowns. It can be paralyzing. You can just imagine what the disciples were thinking. What are we going to do now? 
the risen Lord shows up and gives peace and says, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. He gives you peace and then he gives you purpose. And what this means is that every Christian is, a, is in full-time ministry. God has called us to faith and then commissions us to go into the world with the good news that he loves the world through his son, Jesus Christ. Right away, you are thinking about missionaries overseas, sending people to other parts of the world, but there are also missionaries that go across the street to their neighbors. If you are a parent, God is sending you to your children to tell them he loves them. If you are an employee, you work honestly and hard for your employer as Jesus would want you to do. With all the hats that you wear in your life, you are to love your neighbor as God would want you to in any circumstance in life. With every text you send, with every phone call you make, with every post, with every word you speak, and action you take, is it to conveying love for your neighbor and concern for their salvation? Don't lose sight of your purpose and don't let fear paralyze you and prevent you from what God has called you to do, and that is to love others in his name with his love and share the glorious news of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, God never tells us to do something without providing the ability to do it. Never. And so Jesus comes to the disciples in their fear, and he gives them peace, which the world cannot give, and he gives them purpose, which comes from the Creator himself, and then he gives them the power to do what he commands. He breathes on them. Don't you find that interesting? When we're being told to be very careful with our breath, Jesus breathes on them. And let me tell you, when God breathes in the Bible, it's a huge deal. You remember the story, God breathed into Adam the breath of life. And he breathes on the disciples. And he sent the wind on Pentecost to fill the church with his Holy Spirit. Jesus breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus said elsewhere, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit, and they are life. That is how we receive power from God. That is how we get filled with the Holy Spirit when we hear the word of God. That, by the way, is the spirit of none other than the resurrected Jesus Christ, who is now going to live his life 
through you. It's not just about you living your life for him because of all that he has done for you. You can't do that very well. So Jesus gives you his spirit. And it's about Jesus living his life through you. In the power of the Holy Spirit. And who is the Holy Spirit? The Comforter. Yeah. Who comforts us when we are sad. The Counselor. Who helps us through our fears and our anxieties. And brings us back to faith. And the Great Advocate. Or the one who walks along beside us speaks up for us and defends us from untruths. So peace, purpose, and power. Isn't this a timely message for us? Jesus comes to us and brings peace, purpose, and power when we need it the most. I believe in Jesus Christ who is risen from the dead, lives and reigns to all eternity. This is most certainly true. Because there is none like Jesus. When times are uncertain and anxiety is at an all-time high, he gives us peace. When our world is turned upside down and we're not sure what we should be about or doing, he gives us purpose. And when we feel weak and vulnerable and incapable, he gives us power to do his will. Amen? Now go and live the life He gave you. There is none like you, Jesus. There is none like you.